Escape from Plan A. Hello, Escape from Planet listeners. Welcome to another episode. I am your host, Oxford Kondo, and tonight I am joined by Diana. Hi, everyone. Hey, how you doing, Diana? Jong? Hey. And Ray. Hi. Hey, what's up, Ray? All right, and uh, but before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone our Patreon has been up for a few weeks now. Yay! So if you want to, you know, get our bonus episodes, get access to our Discord, and also just, you know, contribute to this fund we're building to uh, help uh, Asian American writers uh, when they write for us be able to pay them, please uh, consider tribu- contributing. Go to www.patreon.com slash planamag. And of course, if you like our podcast, we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Rate us, subscribe, etc., and so forth. And okay, so this episode, we are going to talk about Yellow Love, which I think is very timely because Always Be My Maybe just came out. Have you guys all seen that movie? Yep. Yep. Uh, Looks like we got three yes. Uh, We're not going to talk too much about it. I I think we're uh, doing another podcast on it. And, you know, like Asian America has been talking about it nonstop for the last few days. So I think people are a little worn out on that, maybe. But, um, I think the the movie does raise this, I think just uh, now start, we're starting to talk more about it, of, you know, seeing Asian Americans date and fuck and marry, right? Uh, so you guys, uh, why don't you guys take it away? <laughs> just start with anything? Yeah, just start with anything. <laughs> I mean, okay, like, well, maybe let's just start with, um, like, what do we consider yellow love? Is that... You know, is that like East Asian, East Asian, are Southeast Asians included in yellow? You know, I, I used to, to, you know, to put it roughly, I, I just call it like the chink standard. If you're if you're liable to get called chink, you qualify for yellow love. And that's really my standard. I don't know about you guys. That's very <laughs> inclusive. <laughs> but see, like this does, like, I think, ward, you know, like the, there's all this love for Keanu Reeves going on right now. And, you know, we, we all like Keanu, some more than others, but you know, trying to, you know, he's still very white passing and trying to shoehorn him into like yellow love. He doesn't pass the chink test, you know, so sorry, Keanu, uh, you know, you're great and all, but uh, we're not going to count you on this podcast. Yeah, but it does include like all Southeast Asians, which I think is significant. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think Southeast Asians, most of them get treated as kind of, you know, it's like if, if you, there was some kind of roundup of all you know, so-called Chinese people because of some war with China. I feel like most Southeast Asians will get rounded up into that. I mean, we just talked about it recently in our brown and yellow Asian uh, podcast. So, yeah, I think Southeast Asians are pretty much included in this as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it'd be useful to talk about sort of how we were individually socialized and, and why this concept of yellow love is even necessary. Like, what what is this? I, in, in, my, in my view, it's a response. And what is that? What is it a response to? Uh, are you going to answer that yourself? Was that a rhetorical question to set no, up? No, no, your... that, that, that was an actual question for you guys. Okay. Uh, does anyone want to take a stab at that? Sure. Uh, I don't know. For me, I don't really think of it as a response to anything. Um, my experience with it, it's just simply more comfortable. I don't know. It's a, it's really like as simple as that to me. Um, I've just connected easier. I've connected better with other Asians. 
Um, there are definitely some differences. The reason I even ask, like, what is yellow love? And one of the kind of prime questions for me, things that kind of topics that I was playing with is like, how, like, okay, if I'm dating another Korean girl, right? I'm Korean. If I'm dating another Korean, there's a, a definite connection there that cannot be provided by somebody else, or at least somebody who's not familiar with Korean culture, right? But if I'm dating somebody that's Chinese, well, does that still apply, right? In some cases, it does. Some cases, it doesn't. Well, I think it's good to talk about how we've been socialized, right? Because, like, I guess something that I never really thought about before, but that I think about now is, like, you know, I always assumed I would end up with somebody who's not Asian. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't mean white. I kind of assumed, like, either white or, like, somebody... Like another person of color, you know. How how much of that ha- had to do with your upbringing in Nebraska? In case listeners don't know, uh, Diana mostly grew up in Nebraska, which is obviously not very uh, populated with Asians. Um, I think it has a lot to do with that. You know, like I don't know, like people talk about like preference in uh in terms of like Asian relationships or like you know like interracial relationships you know, the need for that. But, like, I I never had, like, a preference away from Asians. But uh, I just assumed because there's more of other people and, like, you're, you're not supposed to, like, care about race in relationships, you know, that, like, I would just, like, naturally find connection in terms of, like, interests or activities or like personality in somebody from another race i mean i i think it's probably because i grew up like not around other asians you know like if i had grown up like in the 626 i'd be like yeah of course i'd be with somebody asian okay so for people who might not know what exactly is the 626 oh like um los angeles you know like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah for not not everyone is as California centric. Well, actually, no, Diana, you don't live in California. Yeah, it's like but... it's like a giant Chinatown. It's yeah. a China city. Yeah, I <laughs> I went to college in California, so I know about it. That's true. Actually, all three of you have ties to California except for me. That's right. Just uh, just as a side note, Berkeley is fucking awesome. If you're trying to be in kind of this like tight knit enclave sort of type feel, um, you know, some people will criticize it for having too many Asians, but. That's, you know, part one of the reasons that I feel so comfortable there sometimes. Uh But to answer Ray's question, I definitely do think we're fighting against this idea that uh, to be a well-adjusted Asian-American, you pretty much have to date white. And I think for, I mean, uh, I want to read this part uh, that uh, Christina Chu, uh, she's she's part of Plan A. Uh, Unfortunately, couldn't be part of this podcast, but she wrote this great essay like years ago in the Harvard Crimson called Yellow Love, Politics and Poetry. And there's this great line from it where she says, Yes, there are Asian-Asian couples as well. Helen Zia and Leah Shigemura, MC Jin and Carol Ao Young, Randall and Jaisal Park. But these relationships are not presented as thought over, snuck into, poeticized, sexed out, or struggled as their interracial counterparts. They do not compose our poetry, our romance, our big bad dreams. And I thought that was just so well written because I think it does encapsulate this thing where if you are like this Asian-American who is you know, fully bought into the American dream is not some, you know, stereotypical drone-like Asian. You will, 
either like date a married white or at least non-Asian. And, and for you to be with another Asian is kind of this fallback, safe, boring option. And I think the, one of the reasons why so many Asian Americans like always be my maybe is that it, it does show, you know, Asians having, you know, sex and all that. And that's why they like crazy uh, rich Asians. So yeah, to Ray's point, I think that is what yellow love is fighting against because we see other minority groups celebrating, you know, black love is a thing. Um, I'm sure in the Latino community that's celebrated as well. But with with like yellow Asians, it's it's considered something that's, uh, you know, either boring or dangerous but like not in a not in a sexy dangerous way just like you know dangerous if you do that you're gonna be like anti anti-american or un-american well that and kind of it is framed like growing up it's framed as um as sort of the default right like it like from the get-go it's just being around other asians is already discouraged never mind having a romantic relationship with another asian exactly yet at the same time, I think a lot of Asian Americans grow up with some parental pressure. So they associate it with, uh, this almighty, they, they associate, uh, this like almighty force coming from their parents, pushing them to, uh, date Asian. Therefore, even if you're, you know, going after the most dominant demographic in the country, you know, white people, whom, you know, if they're woke, are probably constantly complaining about, you know, white people this, white people that, yet they still associate um, you know, marrying into that group as something that's revolutionary and, uh, you know, marrying into other Asian as some, st- I think it still lingers from childhood. This thing that is forced upon by an older traditional kind of thing, which, but in the real world, it's actually not, right? You look out there in the media and it's until very recently, yellow love was just not a thing. Yeah, I never got that message of, um, well, my parents never pressured me into dating Asian. They didn't actively encourage it, but they just expected me to date a white person and like eventually end up with a white person. And the only people that pressured me into dating Asian were white people. So I was like, really? that, that's racist. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, let me, uh, I, I want to ask you this, Diana. So how, how did you get this message from your parents? Like, how, how did you know they felt this way? I don't know. They never encouraged me to do anything but it's just like if i was dating a white person they would say nothing and if i wasn't they would be more against it wait seriously like even another asian yeah wow well i mean i've heard of this happening but i feel Hmm. like a lot of asian parents discourage their kids at least to some level at least the one at least the ones i grew up with wait from being with another asian person yeah, they were like, oh, but that's, like, you're not moving up in the world if you do that. Hmm. That's the message. And, and this, uh, anyway, let me ask you this. Was it both, like, sons and daughters? Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask if, what you know, present the question if there's a gender component to it. Well, I mean, I had more, like, women friends, Asian women friends. So it's it's, like, skewed, you know, like, but... Yeah, like the, well, okay, um, the middle class people that I knew were like that. I definitely experienced a strong pressure to date Korean. Um, yeah, me too. And, and a lot of it, <laughs> I think, was maybe, maybe predicated on. Maybe that's a Korean on, thing, Jong. <laughs> yeah, my, it, maybe it's a Korean thing, you know, given our history and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always thought it was because 
I'm a uh, I'm a guy, and as such, I have a lot of uh, I have strong filial duty to you know continue the the name and traditions, etc., uh, which is very much at risk if you if I if I don't end up with another Korean. Yeah, I mean, this is purely an anecdote, but I remember uh, when I was uh, somewhere in high school and my mom was with her friend, who, who's a Korean woman, and she both had sons and daughters. And I remember her saying that while it was okay uh, if uh, her daughter, uh, you know, married a white man because she had the stereotype that, you know, like white uh, guys were just like, easy to handle. Um, but she said she would <laughs> never let either of her sons marry white women. And of course, like when Asians talk about interracial, it's almost always with white. Like the, the concept of marrying other race like non-asian non-white races is often unthinkable to to uh you know yellow asians uh but yeah uh, she was and, very and to, be, to be fair it's to be fair it's uncommon for that perception to go the other way as well not a lot of yeah. other people of color necessarily see themselves yeah exactly Asians. yeah exactly it's like for minorities interracial basically means white but anyway she said that she yeah. can she would never let either of her sons Mary and and this is like translated from what she said in Korean, but she was like basically said she doesn't want some blonde bitch taking care of her grandchildren. And she, I just heard <laughs> this, and it's been stuck in my mind ever since. So, um, I think there is sometimes a gendered component to it. Yeah, I mean, I want to echo a lot of what's already been said. I think a lot of it is is classed. Um, that is, as you move up the sort of social economic ladder, um, you know, you you start sort of bifurcating into Asians who only hang out with Asians and Asians who. Uh, hang out with uh, other races, but when whenever it's other races, it's almost like predominantly white. Uh, which, and I'm I'm saying that from not as a normative comment, but as an empirical. That's what it's that's what it's like, not what it should be. And I, I and I, uh-huh. I almost felt like that there is this implicit pressure uh, that if you're an open-minded Asian, that you would date other races, aka white. And um, right. and and I I think that's a lot of what this is. Uh, you know, and and what that article really was was about. It's what what comprises our dreams, what is valorized, what is, what is our ideals, what do we think is cool, all all those things, you know. And I I do think that the hard part about this whole discussion is that there are a lot of like quote unquote basic Asians or defaulted Asians, apolitical Asians, and their relationships. Uh, do seem like products of ease and comfort and parent friendliness. And I think that it gives this other class, this more white adjacent, I would say, class of, of people an excuse to be like, oh, they're basic. We are up, upgraded or elevated. Right. But I don't know. I, 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 but I think that it's time to sort of reestablish what it means to have a yellow love that is highly politicized. Can I ask a question? Just people like everyone's associating safe and comfortable with boring. But why is that? Because when you're a person of color, when you're an Asian person, like it's hard, like most places aren't safe and you're uncomfortable all of the time. So why isn't safety and personal comfort valorized. I think that's such a valid point, and it needs to like, be, especially for white adjacent Asians. Totally, totally, and I think I think in tr- like Trump's America, that that's very much being highlighted, right? Like how many op eds are coming out being like, "Oh my God, talking to my white partner in Trump's America is so hard," and um, but I still think that like the political component is necessary. Because, look, I love being Asian. It's fantastic. I love the way, like, 
emotions move through my family well, Asian, yeah. with what is unsaid. I love our food. I love, I love my yellow body. I mean, but it's not simply just about <laughs> tribalism. It's not just You're so it's, smooth. <laughs> you I like can just I imagine your skin. <laughs> but but it's not it's not just about tribalism. I I think that you know Asians should love Asians, um, like period. But it's also like it's also reversing a trend. Uh, you know, a trend that goes beyond, I would say, Asian America, uh, a trend rooted in U.S. history. Um, and, you know, a lot of this is sort of well documented in, in what's called the whitening literature. And I, and I want to bring that up. It's it's basically a body of literature that really tracks how whiteness works, how the Irish and then the Italians and most recently the Jews were all white at one point or all weren't white at one, at one point and then eventually were absorbed into sort of the white power structure really at the cost of one constant outgroup, which are blacks. And, you know, whiteness scholars really think that light-skinned Latinx people and Asian Americans are really at the cusp of whiteness. And so really this is, it is an inherently political thing, like who you choose, who you, who you hang out with, who you make families with, like all these things should be politicized. It's not just about like Asians choosing Asians because I love being Asian, which I do, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when I think about that, to your question about why is, um, why aren't Asian, Asian couples seen, why are they seen as boring? Why is it seen as safe? I, I think part of it is that choice, right? It's one thing to say, I don't know. I just fell into this relationship. It's another to say, I, I saw them. They, I was attracted to them and I wanted to be with them. Mm-hmm. I have, a, I have a slightly different theory. I think that yellow love has been so almost outlawed i mean like it, it was like literally outlawed uh you know like yeah that's true like a century ago so but i still think that remains it's it's so like cast upon with suspicion that any good reason you might have to go into it is turned bad because because uh, when a lot of asians uh say you know say they want white partners a lot of times they say that because i just want to feel normal it's not so that they want to feel like they're breaking taboo or something a lot of them just say i just want to be considered normal i just want the like what i saw on tv all american whatever growing up so they're actually uh, aiming for safeness but when it's uh when it's towards a white partner then it's it's glamorized but when it's towards an asian right. another asian then it's uh made to look bad and then if you also look at it from maybe Maybe if you can celebrate you kind of like dysfunctional relationships with a white person, it's exciting, it's it's romantic, whatever. But with an Asian person, it's uh, no wonder, you know, no wonder uh, like nobody Asians don't want to date Asians. Look at how bad they're turning out. The, the guy's probably going to like beat the girl or, or the girl's going to just like cheat on him or something. So there's no way to win because it's a rigged system. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, like, well, what did you expect? Yeah. The, as a counterpoint to that, though. Uh, and I, Diana kind of touched on this. There are definitely, a, there's a number of moments where, uh, I'm maybe one of like a handful of Asian guys and there is a, ha- there are a handful of Asian girls and people will come up and be like, Hey, have you met, you know, have you met, uh, Tiffany? She, um, they'll just try and match you, you know? And I'm like, well, do you know anything about me? I don't know anything about her. I've never even met her. Why do you think we're going to be good? And it's like, well, I don't know. You know, you're both Asian, so we thought you, we'd pair you guys up. And, These are and by non-Asian I, people? Yeah, by white people, generally. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, like, definitely Asian um, romantic couplings have been 
uh, outlawed, literally. But there is also this phenomenon where, uh, I don't really know how to describe it, but they, they, they kind of, I don't know, they're playing like Ken and, Ken and, Ken and Barbie, kind of. Yeah. But I do I have to also wonder, uh, why that repulses Asians so much. Cause if someone did that because, let's say, they're like, oh, you're hot, she's hot, you guys should get together. Um, people probably wouldn't get upset about that, even though it's also just as superficial. It's not really about your personality. But I, I think just I think the fact that uh, growing up, yellowness is we're we're told by society it's not really something to want to belong to. Um, and you're like, why are we, why are you judging me by that? I don't want to be associated with it. I th- that's it, right? Because it, it's not really about being um, categorized physically. Because I think other uh, categorize physical categorizations we probably wouldn't care that much but i'd be like oh you look sporty she looks sporty you guys probably will hit it off right uh i, I guess so i mean i i didn't me personally well i don't know it depends on some of the some some examples but i, I wasn't really responding with disgust it was more confusion like mm-hmm. what but there are know, asians most who would the, be just just disgusted there are, by there that, are. right yeah well it, for me it's n- it's not disgust at the other asian person it's more disgust at the white person for just assuming yeah yeah exactly exactly and and a lot of the times there's this pattern where it's a predominant it's you know 95 percent white they have an asian friend um who is single and has been single for you know a couple of years and and they they kind of treat it like oh it's about time that she had a partner and they think i'm suitable i'm i would be interested in her simply because we're both asian and like I'm not going to be mad at an opportunity to get to know somebody and meet somebody, but it definitely is off-putting um, when that happens enough times. Yeah, it makes it can be kind of awkward. it makes you realize that they think about you in a racialized way, and that's what's off-putting to me. Right, exactly. It, it wasn't like oh, the both of you play lacrosse or both of you are into sports. It was literally. Uh, as basic as well, you guys are both Asian, and so we thought you guys would be into each other. Well, the, but and it's like if we were to do the reverse and just be like, "Well, you're both white," you know, you guys should be able to hit it off right away. They'd look at us like we're fucking crazy. Okay, but just to ask this question: if we are saying you know yellow love is something that we all believe in, we're also doing that racial thing ourselves, right? Is it that we don't like it when white people do it to us? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't like it if anyone did it to me. Yeah, I, th- but, I think there's a I think there's a bunch of responses um, here. There, there, I mean, there's one response that's kind of like uh, Asian-ness or Chinese-ness or whatever-ness is not the totality of my personality. And, and I feel like that just misunderstands identity. That, it, that, that makes me like visualize like, you know, myself as a pie chart and there's like this little yellow sliver and then it, it, everything else is white. You know, that just like completely uh, like mis- like my Asian-ness is like... I don't know. It, it 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 suffuses everything, right? It's 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 in all my crevices. It's it, it's the total, you know. It's I feel like the idea, the rhetorical stance of like that's that's not only who I am is a really bad misunderstanding of of identity. Um, I I wonder if it also has to do with just like people thinking like, oh, this is what you think what Asian means. Like I, I let's play the let's play it out where if they assume that Asian meant awesome, and basically it's like. Oh, Zhang, you're Asian, so you're awesome. And Tiffany's Asian, so she's awesome. Like, w- would we also be just as offended? And we might be. I just wanted to play that out. Yeah, well, because here's my question. Because I think a lot of Asians who don't like the idea of 
uh, yellow love are having that similar reaction. Let's say uh, like an Asian woman comes up to me and says, hey, Oxford, uh, you know, and then we hit it off. And then I find out she specifically went after me um, because I was Asian and she want, she felt like, you know, Asians just have more in common and, and et cetera. And I mean, uh, me being me, I would be really into that. But if I, I think there are a lot of Asian Americans <laughs> who aren't, and I think they would react that way, like, why can't you see me for myself and not my race? So I'm trying to think, how do we get over that? Because if even yeah. we don't want it, we don't like it when white people do it to us. I, uh, you know, how are like Asians going to react when other Asians do it to them? Well, I don't know if there's, I don't, you know, it's not my default response. Um, that has been my response for those occasions. I, I, I feel like you can really only take it on a case by case basis. Yeah, can sure. I can mm-hmm. I just say um, I have kind of a brown fetish. Like, I just think South Asian guys are so hot. <laughs> but like, like when you when you, I mean, like, right? Like, the, of co- like of course, there's like preference, you know. But I I think there's a difference between just like that being one layer of what attracts you to a person versus like just that being the only thing that is in you know like you know what i mean because it's like when when a white person sees sees like a random person who's asian and then you who they know really well or like you think they know you really well and they're like oh i'm going to match you up solely based on your race even though you're supposed to be like knowledgeable about who i am as a person overall that's that's the messed up thing and also, it's like if somebody is saying, okay, I'm going to approach you um, because I think you're aesthetically attractive or whatever, you know, like because of your race, like, like that does. And, and then you, you know, like start talking and hit it off. That's kind of fine to me. But if you're like with that person or you're trying to match somebody up, like just because of that, right? I guess it's like what Ray was saying about like, what percentage are you factoring in race? Like, is it like, like what percentage of the pie chart, you know? Okay. Well, I think we're getting a little uh, intellectual here. I mean, we can, we can always go back to it, but I want to get uh, more into your uh, guys's personal story because, uh, you know, all of us here have, uh, you know, Asian uh, boyfriends or girlfriends. So I want to ask you, uh, starting with whoever, like, did you always grow up being attracted to other Asians or was that something that, changed over time uh ray why don't we start with you yeah i mean from the earliest i can remember i was always attracted to asians and i i I have always preferenced that and i and i think what's really tough with about that is that people give me pushback for that as if that is like provincial and narrow-minded but like that has always been i don't know i've always seen it as like i was i was acutely aware that like that there was something really special about like elevating this type of like this type of person, right? Like you are in a white world and you are degraded in said white world and it is radical to choose each other. And I feel like I, I, I don't know, like that, that lands on deaf ears sometimes that, that, that just seems like, oh, well, you must be like a basic Asian. Who was giving you pushback? Oh, I, I remember being in, um, yeah, like being in college and just being like, oh, like, you know, what's your type and all that. And, and I was just saying, like, I, I date Asian, you know, I mean, no, no, what, what were the demographics of the people? Were these other Asians, non-Asians, men, women, etc.? 
Um, let's think. I'm just thinking about like my freshman floor. Um, it would be it was like predominantly like uh, white people and Asian American women. Um, who would really? who would hold those? Yeah, no, totally. And and I think that like for me in those spaces, like like that's the thing is that like I I almost felt like like white trophyism was like so, like so encouraged, you know, you'd be like, Oh, you know, like I did every, or, you know, like you say I date everyone, but that means you date white girls. Right. And so like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and by the way, I, I also, I, I want to push back to the pushback on white trophyism too, because I do think like there, there often like the, the pushback against white trophyism that is horrible. I hate white trophyism. I've never herald, like I've never valorized white trophyism, but the pushback that comes from white trophyism often comes from Asian American women that think that like that that do not recognize uh, the asymmetry um, in assimilation and do not recognize and and frankly we all like Asian American men don't know our own history they don't know the Cable Act of 1922 that basically uh, if white women you know married. Uh, Asian guys, they would lose their citizenship. They don't know how it's grounded in history. And so, you know, like, I, we, we all don't know it. But but I, I think there's this assumption that sort of like, you know, if you're just open-minded, you know, you you, you date white. Um, but I... Wait, and, wait. Can but, I clarify something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so you said that Asian-American women were giving you pushback on white trophyism? No, no, no. That, that, that's, a, that's like a dynamic I see online where like there are Asian-American guys who think progress is basically dating white and just like, you know, you know, crushing the system and just like working out and like getting that like hot white girl. It's like total white trophyism. It's total yeah. bullshit. I totally think it's bullshit. Yeah. But I also think that pushing back against it that, is bullshit. you have to understand too, like where it comes from. It's totally not justified, but also mm-hmm. like that ahistorical view, that idea that like, you know, that that they wouldn't think it's special is also bullshit. Like it's totally historical, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Diana, what about you? Like, where, you know, growing up, did you, uh, were you attracted to Asians? If not, like when did like the switch happen, et cetera? Oh, no, I was always totally, totally attracted. Like, my first crush was this Vietnamese boy in my um, fifth grade class. Oh, my God. He was in the sixth grade. And I just, like, loved him. I was, like, so obsessed. It was, like, so sad because he thought I was a loser. And he Uh. would, like, take his friends and just, like... Um, would like follow me around me and my uh, friend like when we're walking home and just like say mean shit to me but like I didn't care I was like <laughs> I still think you're the best thing oh, ever what the fuck actually that's really interesting uh, I, uh, Diana I'm sure yeah. you have more to say but yeah. uh, th- you know recently that article by Madeline Chung yeah uh, in Flare magazine I saw uh-huh. a really interesting discussion in uh, Asian 2x the subreddit for Asian American women it was like and Wait, that, I'm that not familiar bad, with it, but it's kind of like article. Oh, Can so Asian Two X is of of what? Oh, the article. The article, yeah. Oh, really? You haven't seen? It? Oh, so it was it was this uh, Asian American writer named Madeline Chung. She wrote about how growing up, she's you know uh, specifically avoided dating Asian guys, um, but you know after she's like in her mid twenties now, and you know after realizing that being with you know white guys presented a whole bunch of problems, she's actually now with an Asian guy, and I guess she now believes in yellow love too. Um, but it it spawned this very interesting discussion in in the Asian two X subreddit, 
And there were a lot of Asian women there who, uh, like Diana, I think early in their lives had uh, attraction to to Asian boys, but then they got kind of like what happened to Diana. And, you know, thankfully, uh, I, I guess um, that didn't scar you for life, Diana, make, make you hate us all. But just given the way how... <laughs> Just given the way how, uh, you know, non-white people are so essentialized by their race, it's like you have one or two bad experiences with a person of color. That gives you full right to, uh, it's not even a right. It just like ingrains itself in your head. You can't even help yourself but think to generalize them for the rest of your life. I saw a lot of that in that thread, which I thought think is interesting because I think Asian guys have this idea that, you know, Asian girls are always so ahead of us. They don't even think about us. But, you know, maybe some are like that. But also there are some who do get hurt early on. Anyway, Diana, please uh, continue. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't think like that may that doesn't. I don't understand how that makes you uh, hate, you know, not attracted to people anymore. Because like you know, being rejected by Asian boys that doesn't make me think they're less attractive. That just makes me think, oh, like I need to be careful who to approach because they might think I'm gross. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's that's I don't I don't understand that to me. That doesn't make sense because that's never how I felt. It's never really what happened to me. Like I and I kind of it's not like I think every Asian guy is hot or anything. It's just like there's hot ones, you know, <laughs> like there are in any race. <laughs> and there's like douchebags and like avoid the douchebags. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like not rocket science. Well, what I have heard is basically like they weren't attracted to me. I wasn't the Asian ideal, right? I was a little bigger. I was blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then, you know, um, and then they don't perhaps lose attraction. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But then they start dating other, right? Other non-Asian, non-yellow, usually white. And, you know, as we've, as the discourse around attraction has really progressed, we know that, you know, it is about repetition. It is habitual. There are certain attraction pathways that sort of become static over time. And I think that's, that's what it's about. So I do think like yellow love does also have to incorporate sort of a valorization of like all different body types for sure. You know, like, and, and all different types of yeah. Asian. Like, I hate it when, when yellow people are like, oh, you know, like, I'm an artist, so I didn't feel that Asian. Or I'm a little bit bigger, so I didn't feel <laughs> that Asian. And it's just like, what the fuck? We have such a narrow view of what it means to be yellow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah you, I mean, you go, to, you go to Asia, and there's every type of yellow person there. Yeah. And just for the record, there are plenty of Asian artists. For sure. It, for you sure. mean Asian American or Asian? Asian? In, in America, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, just, it, it, just, it goes without saying in there. Asia, yeah. There's plenty of scientists who are also artists. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, John, what about you? Growing up, uh, what were you like? <laughs> uh, I, I've definitely always been attracted to Asians. I think I've just been attracted to, to women of color in general. But interestingly enough, for like, you know, my first hand, you know, my first few girlfriends up until like, halfway through high school we're all white um and i don't i don't really know how that happened well i do know how that happened in middle school but high high school was a lot more diverse not really sure how that happened um i did you know go out on dates with non-white people um and hook up with them etc it just uh never really school? turned out where i actually had yeah damn you're a player 
Ah, <laughs> uh, nah. <laughs> then again, I went to an old guy's school, so it was a little harder for me. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's gonna matter. Um, but my some of I would say my most intimate relationships uh, have been with Asian women or women of color, and I think that's partially a function of where I grew up, like being in the Bay, being in Berkeley. I would say it seemed, you know, as an adult now, um, I feel that I was more politically activated at a younger age. Um, and these, you know, discussions about race uh, were pretty common. Um, and so I think that did kind of permeate my decision making. Um, and it allowed being, you know, dating or, or being with being intimate with another person of color. I think, um, gave me an opportunity to, to sort of explore and discuss some of these concepts that I couldn't do with some of my white partners. Um, yeah, that's, or, that's or a that big I, thing. That right? I, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I could have that discussion, but it was, it's a different discussion that we have. Right. Yeah. Um, no, uh, that's just been my experience. Um, I was going to say, I think that's one of the barriers to yellow love. Cause I think if you have Asian Americans who don't, are not comfortable talking about the, you know, the, the really like deep cut kind of uh, Asian stuff, then being with another Asian is almost very superficial. And Asian American culture is, you know, not very well developed. A lot of times it just seems like imitating other cultures. So I think, I think there, there's a certain fakeness to a shallow concept of yellow love that I do think is a little repulsive because it just seems uh-huh. like, it almost seems like just kind of the rejects getting together. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to be white, but you're not really white. So you, you find a person who's kind of in the same boat. I think that's what really turns yeah. off people. And I think if you can have this very aggressive, militant kind of yellow love, at least it stands for something. And that's, I think, sexy, you know. Um, yeah. As for me, I, yeah, I think I was also just like, you know, attracted to, you know, Asians growing up. Um, I remember my mom, you know, like had a friend and like, her and her daughter and I were like the same age. And I mean, you're too young to you know, be attracted to each other, but we grew up, you know, playing house and stuff. So the idea of like marrying oh. another Asian girl was just so natural to me. Yeah. In fourth grade, uh, there was this uh, Chinese girl in my class who was just, I, I just like fell in love with for two years, but she never liked me back. So that was very painful two years, etc. But something did change as I was growing up. I don't think I ever lost my attraction to Asian girls, but you do get, you do become knowledgeable about like the racial hierarchy and how as an Asian guy, you're not allowed to be with certain girls. And that, uh, kind of starts fucking with your head because if it were just about who I'm attracted to, then it doesn't matter. But now you're, you're, you're thinking about, uh, you know, I, I want to like show up all those guys or girls who think that I'm just some meek little Asian guy who's just going to stick to my comfort zone and, and things like that. And I, I remember in college, um, like there was this thing I would notice where with kind of like non-Asian, especially like white girls, I always felt like nobody really even knew I was there kind of thing. Yet when I went to like an Asian American club or, or like some other kind of like Korean club or something, I just suddenly felt like everybody paid more attention to me. And there was this one instance. It, it can be night and day. Yeah, it's that thing. And I remember I was just having, um, with, with my brother and this other Korean friend of mine, I think we were just having lunch somewhere. And this, and this Korean girl comes up to me. And I swear, this is a true story. I'm not just making this up to make myself look good. And she had like, 
memorized my entire like she was like my brother's year but she knew of me as my brother's brother and she knew like my class schedule and she like she said oh you're known as the the korean guy who looks like a certain celebrity and and you know part of me was fine but part of me was also pissed off because like i'm never gonna i'm never gonna be treated like that with non-asian people uh, even though I'm, I'm the, it's not like I suddenly act different or even dress different around it. I'm the exact same person, but it's so different the way I get treated. And what, what is the difference? It's just race and gender. And that, that would piss me off. And I, and yeah, but I think as you get older, you, you stop trying to play that game where you're always just concerned about trying to show other people. It's more like, no, what, what do I want? And things like that. So, and especially after I spent a couple of years in Korea and then you, uh, even even if you grow up around a lot of Asian Americans, the image of it, the Asian Americans is so limited. You really have to go to Asia, then you see like the whole wide range of like just yellow humanity. And I think uh-huh. after that, that that uh, you know, I'm always open minded. I'm always open to being with everybody, all all women. But you know, I I do think there is something special to being with another yellow person because there are certain things that you can talk about that you just can't with other people. Can I say something? Um, Oxford, can we go back to what you were saying about how like a militant, you know, like a politicized version of yellow love would be really powerful? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's totally true. Because um, like, I think, well, so most of the Asian guys that I dated were not really political. Like they didn't. And, and my friends, too, you know, like um, that I met, they're kind of like not very... Uh, they don't know their history and they don't really have strong like racial opinions like or sorry like like um identity politics they don't really get or like they're just kind of like not educated and they're kind of like white adjacent at least the ones that I I know the best um and it's just kind of like you are kind of just like um like almost white but it's like but with you're just you're just like a shitty white guy but without the privilege (laughs) exactly so like why would anyone want that yeah so i i'm just like looking at you i'm just like well i kind of wouldn't want to date you if you didn't you know like you know like what it what is the plus you know so it's like isn't there value you know we were kind of discussing this offline uh, or off the pod, you know, one of the reasons that we're we're in support of yellow love is is also that there's just inherent value in it, right? That it like why does it need more? Why does it need to have a political component for it to be worthy of pursuit? Oh, by political, I just mean like something that's not just that just doesn't come down to aesthetics. Because I think Diana, when when you talk about that very almost white type of uh, yellow love. It, that is almost entirely dependent on finding the Asian aesthetic pleasing because what else would there be, right? Well, maybe like food, but that's also not that deep. I mean, from in my experience, at least, the the sort of family obligations, you know, we talk about like often in, in, you know, in discussions, it's seen as this burden. But at the same time, I, I find it, it very p- powerful um, that we have the family ties that we do right uh and this the sort of sense of uh like a greater obligation to your extended family um 
that I think we're a little bit removed from. Kind of what either Yu Jung or Dino was saying about the revalorization of these sort of trite old things, right? Like, I mean, come on, like supporting your family. I mean, like that is like particularly as immigrants who are surviving, like that is an inherently political act that should be um, framed as radical and valorized and idealized. But, you know, I, I, I feel like we're getting back to this thing where, you know, yellow people are a distribution just like any other people group. They're going to be, the vast majority of people are going to be really apolitical, you know. And, and I feel like what happens when you're a minority, and particularly if you're not white, is that if you are at the tails, you become less of that minority, right? And I feel like there's a greater consciousness of this after like, um, after like all the stuff around OJ, right? I'm not, I'm not black, I'm OJ, right? I'm not, I'm not black, I'm Kanye, right? Like, I, I distinctly remember, like, and this vignette encapsulates it so much, um, where, like, I was hanging out, uh, it was, like, a freshman year, freshman floor, hanging out with, like, two friends, two white girls, and we were in, like, one of their dorms, and I think this guy, I think his name was Jim or something like that, he walked by, and, like, he, he like, he was super studious, Asian dude, like, he didn't say a word. He, all he did was study. And he, they were like, oh, there goes Jim. It's like, and they had said something along the lines that, that was, like, in my mind, looking back, so blatant. It was like, oh, like, so Asian or something like that. And I said, what does that mean? And he, they looked at me and they're like, oh, shit. Like, oh, but that's, that's not you. You're not Asian, right? Like, I was the <laughs> exception and I became less of who, who less Asian, right? And that t- told me a lot about what they thought Asian meant, right? Uh, and so when he, when, when OJ says, I'm, you know, I'm not black, I'm OJ, black meant low class, black meant poor. Uh, and so like, right. Uh, yeah. I, I think that we need with, with yellow love, you know, we need those except like quote unquote exceptions, whoever are at the tails of the distribution to be like, no, I'm fucking yellow, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I guess what I'm looking for is like, more woke Asians to be able to talk about like what being racialized means, you know, and to like, um, to, to, to discuss like, like what we do, um, just like what, what that feels like, what the experience is, what the history is and how, how to exist. Cause I mean, that's kind of the point of being a partner is that, you know, having a partner is that like you can you can be all of yourself and you can like soar through your problems together, right? And like if you're with somebody who you can um can talk about all of those things with, like that's the best partner. But if yeah. if one of those is missing, that it feels incomplete. And I think for me that's what yellow love means is just like you have you know you have the food and you have like the the same values and like the um the family family stuff but also like the identity like the understanding of the identity so you can like sort through your shit together Mm -hmm. yeah and i I think right now that the problem is uh i'm sure there are a lot of like these woke couples uh, in like the Asian America right now, but they, they just have no platform because I think the only woke Asians who get to speak about this are the ones who are more 
trying to break into white uh, circles and their cons their racial consciousness is really a reaction to not feeling 100% comfortable in those white uh, spaces. And so they're, they have that racial consciousness, but it's their audience, their object of affection and preoccupation are all white. You don't have an Asian-Asian dialogue on this. And I, I think that's what's needed. And I think that's what we're all talking about when we talk about yellow love. That's why Ali Wong's so special and important. Yeah, because like Saint Ali, Saint yeah. Ali, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like women have way a way bigger platform to talk about this, and she's, I think she's the only one who's with another Asian person. And and she's so aggressive about it. She's not just like with a, a person. She's like constantly talking about it uh, to the point where I'm sometimes almost like, oh, you know, you don't have to talk about. You know how hot Asian guys are in every interview, Ali. You can, you know, you can <laughs> yes, she does. Nobody but, else is doing yeah, I, it. But yeah, the truth is, yeah, she does. You, you, she's like, uh, like the burden should not be on her, but she is having to fight back against like decades and decades of shit. So. Yeah, I definitely think it's yeah, more radical when, when Asian American women choose yellow. I mean, as opposed to Asian American men, and be, I mean, right? Like, I, I think like there's the implicit assumption with Asian American men do that they are essentially defaulting to constrained options yeah and i think i think that's that's a truth that i think we all have to confront and i think that is why yellow love is looked upon dangerous because i think i think black love is a little bit easier to talk about because it's like the men uh kind of uh curtailing their options which is uh easier to conceive of in a socially liberal framework but with yellow love it's actually the opposite it's like Asian guys are assumed to either to prefer Asian women either out of uh, choice or force. Honestly, nobody really cares. I mean, outside of Asian guys, right? Nobody really cares. So it's actually the, the the yellow women who are going to have to turn down options. So they're the ones actually making the social sacrifice, like if you want to call it sacrifice, social sacrifice. And I think that it's very easy to for that to turn into what looks like. Um, a taking back of social power and if taking women's power is sexist and misogynist i think that's where the accusation comes from and i think that's a reason why yellow love is sometimes looked at as suspiciously yeah what uh one place that i think asian men can be more radical uh about yellow love is actually kind of I, so one i'm also kind of i'd like to expand the concept of yellow love to be beyond just romantic interest absolutely right? oh yeah for sure that's like so important get, yeah, if we want to get philosophical, it's also about loving yourself, right? And who you are and what you are Friendships, about. also very important. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, friendships as well, uh, professional relationships as well. Like one, one thing that I have run into quite a lot is, um, you know, there will be some questionable racism in the workplace. And uh, it's as simple as just standing up and, and being the first person to be like, no, that's not cool. We don't do that here. And I've I've had a number of Asian women come up and thank me later and say like, hey, you know, um, I really appreciate you just saying something because I wasn't sure about how to go about it and, or like, you know, how to push back on the comment that was made to me or the discussion that was happening. See, and that's and, so uh, think, hot, Jong. That is yeah, so hot. That's what Asian women <laughs> want their fucking men to be like. Just, like, stand the fuck yeah. up for yourself and for us. Because, like, especially yes. in career situations, you just can't do it. 
Like, you'll get gaslight and, like, called a bitch so hard. Like, we can't do it. Like, you, we need you. We need you here for us. I, that's, like, that's what I meant by politicize. Like, you need to develop that consciousness so you can stand the fuck up for all of us. Yeah, very, very yeah, well said. And, yeah. it, and, it's, and it's, the, it's one of the places where we do have privilege as men, right? And so I think we should use it. Like, yellow love means looking out for each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's why I'm with the person I'm with, you know? Like, the first time I saw him, he was on stage. You know, he's a comedian. And he's just, like, talking about, um, like, race stuff. And he's, like, so smart about it and sharp about it and funny. And I'm like, yeah, you're taking a stand. (laughs) And I was like, he is the hottest person I have ever seen. (laughs) He is the hottest person. And I thought about him for, like, a year and a half. And then (laughs) the first time I knew I was going to meet him, I was like, I am going to just dig a hole and push him in it. And he's going to be mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and there's that sexy uh, militancy that I think is severely lacking. Um, I mean, I I think in both, on all Asian Americans and genders, but I I do think that, you know, the guys have to step up on that. Um, That's that's just the way it is, okay? (laughs) And I think that a lot of guys don't do it. And the the most pathetic thing is, is like, you know, the Asian guy who just lets things slide all the time, even like gaslights other Asians, like that, you know, like... If you're a group that does keep doing that, you kind of deserve. Uh, I'm sorry to say, uh, we would we do kind of deserve like getting overlooked. That if we keep doing that, right? That's you can't do that shit. And a lot of the times they'll they'll let it slide by rationalizing it, like, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, yeah, like every benefit of know, the doubt, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, if it's not a big deal, why can't you just ask for it? Yeah. If it's really not a big deal, like you don't have any qualms about asking for an extra napkin at the restaurant, do you? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so like, if it's not a big deal, then just step up and make that space. And, and you know, uh, I, I think they'll find that it's a lot easier than they think it is and that it's not going to come with the repercussions that they think it will. Mm-hmm. I also want to highlight um, when, when we're talking about sort of yellow friendship, right, and yellow community, um, how radical it, it is, particularly in spaces and industries that just don't have a lot of yellow people you know i've heard a lot like quote unquote yellow creatives which is a term by the way i want to completely bury oh yeah just just douse it in gasoline and boil it in oil (laughs) yeah Yeah. fucking bury it um you know i've I've heard it said from a lot of yellow creatives quote unquote like you know i i just it's my industry i i have to get to know people it's all relational it's all connections and that's why i I have all white friends and you know i and i think it's there's a there's a particular you know, radical edge or particular valence to, to, to having yellow community and yellow connections, particularly in spaces where they're just not enough to, right? And I think, you know, it's precisely because it's, it's white dominated that you need yellow people. You know what I mean? Like one reason I know that's bullshit is a lot of Asians claim the exact opposite, basically, when they say, oh, I grew up around too many Asians. That's why I'm not attracted to them. It's like, well, so what is it? Is it like there are too few Asians, too many Asians? It, it seems to always lead to the same result. So that's that's how you know the, the game is rigged, right? When no matter what you do, <laughs> outcome's the same. Yeah, and also, like, there's a trend of, like, women from Asia, like, who grew up in Asia who are just, like, getting together yep. with white men exclusively Mm -hmm. so it's like none of the none of those racialized things like experiences happened in asia so it it has to be something else Mm -hmm. 
definitely. So uh, I think another part of just promoting yellow love is just like Asian Americans just thinking of each other as like sexual beings. I, I'm just wondering if you guys have any uh, funny like sex stories involving other Asian Americans. Ray, I know you have some stories, man. I the, wait, 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 wait. How, why am I? Why about, am I singled you know? out? <laughs> well, come on, like you, you're always talking about kinky ass shit when you're like offline or online, but not not on a. <laughs> I am. I am really interested. Uh, and I'm I'm really interested in, in how do you eroticize two yellow bodies, particularly because that is not a porn so, genre. Uh, show us how how it has manifested in your personal life. Well, if anything, all my all my a lot of my stories are are sort of the opposite. You know, I I I have a lot of actually bad experiences, particularly with Asian American women who are like, oh my god, like you're you're like my first Asian guy, and I'm like, what is ah uh, really? Like one really, and two, what does that mean? You know, um. But anyways, with, with the with the with the porn thing, I, I think it's really important um, to ask: What does it mean to eroticize two yellow bodies when that is not a precedent set by porn, which we know drives like almost all conceptions of of sex? Uh, so, so no 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 stories, Ray. I, I mean, mostly mostly bad ones, as I've said, mostly bad ones. I think. Well, sh- share them anyway. Then. <laughs> I mean, I was I like I was living abroad. Um, in Geneva like one one summer and I remember just like hooking up with um like uh one Asian American and one Asian Canadian woman uh, two women and and both of them basically said the same thing to me which was like crazy because it was one summer it was just like oh my god you're you're my first Asian American man and this is like what we were like 25 you know and they had all the and and even though I was quote unquote their first, like they had all these preconceived notions of what an Asian man was like, and so they would say, you know, again, they would use this sort of construct of of you're the exception, and I thought it was really problematic because it was it, it very much showed what they felt an Asian man was, what well, the essentialized default or the essentialized norm of what an Asian man was. You know, it's certainly not sexually generous. You know, and so I don't know. It, I, I, that was very jarring for me. Yeah, like you, you, like you don't know if you're supposed. To, like, are they telling you to compliment you? In which case, that's kind of fucked up. It was. It was. Yeah, it was crafted as a compliment. Yeah, and and it did not land well. Yeah, and uh, but there is some part of you where you're like, hey, like hell yeah, you know, because <laughs> you know, like I, I broke through your your stereotype. But it's like, why do you have those stereotypes in the first place? Especially since you probably grew up other Asians. You don't. At least when a non-Asian uh, woman says that, you can maybe chalk it up to total ignorance. Uh, but if, if it's another Asian, they probably don't have that excuse unless they were, you know, grew up in an all white area or whatever. So yeah, then it's, then it's just all sorts of fucked up. Yeah. Agreed. Do y'all have any interesting stories? Uh, I wouldn't say these are necessarily like funny stories. Um, I had, you know, but, but I have a couple observations. One thing. Okay. So one, just, I want to provide this example, uh, as sort of, um, just a counterpoint to all the preconceptions about Asians, Asian parents. There was a girl in high school that I was seeing for a bit. And um, she had invited me over for dinner with her parents. And uh, she lived kind of like, you know, I was a kid, so I didn't have a car or anything. I was taking part. And it was about an hour and a half for me to get to her house. And so by the time dinner was over... You know, her parents were a little concerned about me going back home by myself. And so I was kind of like, oh, they're probably, you know, maybe the dad is going to give me a ride or something. 
you know, there's no way they're going to let me spend the night at their house. Uh, but I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. And in fact, I was so wrong. They set up a fucking cot oh, wow. in their daughter's bedroom for me. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, what is this? This is a trap, isn't it? Like, there's no, <laughs> like, you <laughs> can't seriously expect me to sleep in the cot, can you? Uh, and, and they did. Um, and I did not sleep in the cot. The, uh, the girl that I was, uh, I guess kind of dating at the time, um, she herself is a very, um, uh, sexually open person, uh, worked in, um, in like, uh, I guess like one of those sex ed health, uh, community centers. So she had a bucket full of condoms, um, which was kind of, I don't know. I was just unexpected, I guess. The whole night, honestly. Just was, like at the door. Huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was like trick or treat, you know, take your pick. <laughs> and just to kind of add the cherry on top, uh, she is, uh, she's an artist now. You want to talk about like breaking stereotypes or preconceptions or whatever, like that kind of little capsule there is, um, breaking all the preconceptions. And, uh, her parents were awesome. They're very friendly. Um, obviously, I think well of them. <laughs> uh, and then the other the other observation that I have is that, um, and this is actually something that kind of saddens me, but I've had a number of experiences with Asian women that indicate to me that they experience a lot of just fucked up racial shit when it comes to the bedroom. Okay, you know, um, like sexual violence and stuff. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, yeah, you could you you one could rightfully consider it a form of violence, as well as just like really strong expectations it was clear to me that they had been pressured very strongly and uh so like as as concrete examples there was one girl in college i was hooking up with she's uh she was filipino catholic uh, and because she was catholic she wasn't you know opposed to the idea of having sex uh premarital sex and when that came up you know we were starting to get into it the first time we were hooking up we st- and she was like, "Hey, I'm Catholic. I'm I'm not okay with having premarital sex." And I'm like, "Okay, that's no big deal. I can respect that. There's plenty of you know other ways that we can have fun." And unprompted, just out of the blue, she's like, "You mean anal?" Yeah, I, I uh, saw I'm where like, that was well, going. I, yeah, I'm mean, like, "Wow, okay." I mean, hey, I, I'm not opposed to it, but you know, like, I'm not asking that of you. Like, we like, I was thinking um, we could start with more basic, basic things than that, but. What that revealed to me, I, I mean, clearly she had that, um, she thought that that's the direction I was going because plenty of other guys have proposed that to her. And there's nothing wrong with anal, you know, I, I don't think that's like too extreme or anything, but I think it does speak volumes about how women are pressured and how particularly Asian women are pressured um, to do certain things. There was another girl that I was seeing who the first time we hooked up kind of started going into like, like play, uh, role playing as a geisha. Oh. And that was super, that was uh, super weird. I, I was just like, no, that's not, I'm not into that. Please I've, don't. I've never encountered that, um, thankfully. Yeah. The line between like internalized and sort of like them actively pursuing it is also kind of fuzzy too, right? Well, it, yeah, I don't think that they were actively pursuing it. I think that's what they were habituated to, right? That is, what they have found uh, was asked of them or was received warmly um, 
by by their partner. Oh, yeah, mm. you're definitely right. Like Asian women are just like there's a lot of sexual violence and violence in general. Like nobody really talks about it or like it's just kind of swept under the rug. But it's like really bad. It's like it's traumatizing. And I I do have to say like I in every relationship um with like a non-Asian person including like South Asian, like I felt more dehumanized, like in like a very, like a tangible, like a noticeable way for me. Yeah, I have to wonder if that, if like Asian women feel pressured to do that as a way to, uh, I guess kind of like make, okay, so if you, everyone's like, if like white women are the standard and women of color are, are you know, at, on some level below that, it's like women of color, but especially Asian women because of the stereotypes, you have to like do a little extra, uh, right? Because uh, to kind of make up for that gap, kind of like how maybe Asian guys might think we have to be wealthier, you know, to make up for our, you know, like shortcomings vis-a-vis white men. I, w- I wonder how much of that has to do right. with it. Yeah. And even if it's like, even if it's like they don't have that, like, uh, you know like insecurity to begin with like them being socialized by all these guys to feel like they need to be a certain way that definitely definitely happens i mean it happens to white women too you know like it's really bad for women period yeah it's like if you want to be popular you gotta you know you gotta put out a little uh and then how much of that uh like it depends on also your race because like the farther, like if you're not white, you're gonna have to do a bit more. Um, yeah, it's things like that. John, I wonder if um, so. You said she was Filipina. I wonder if they they pressured her because she's like you know, does she pass for Latina at all? Uh, no, I don't. I, maybe you know, in a right. dark club, maybe. But <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wouldn't okay. think so. Okay, because I've. I I feel like Latina women get pressured for anal stuff a lot more. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I can't speak to that at all. Maybe I'm just uptight. I never saw the appeal of anal. Never wanna. Why do straight guys always say that? No, but like a lot of straight guys are into it. That's like they search it up on porn all the time. That's like their dream or something. I never. I don't. I'm I'm just very like squeamish about just kind of like you know bodily function stuff maybe that maybe that that's the reason no uh, <laughs> well you do piss out your dick yeah. you know dude i don't know sex is a bodily function uh, right? but, like, but i mean like like a human waste kind of stuff i, I just hate like bathroom humor I, I, you really cannot stand it like dude like, your piss comes out of a penis well yeah that's right. human waste yeah but I mean, that's also i don't know i, I, I just got this like <laughs> mental thing going on i just don't see the appeal of it at all um yeah I, I just want to get into a guy's butt just one time. Yo, I, I highly encourage this. Well, see, <laughs> encourage this. well, see, that I would actually be more into because I heard you get an awesome orgasm. Out yeah, of that. I feel like you would want to try and it. I, I, I'm really jealous about women's orgasms because like, like, guys orgasm, it's okay. It's pretty good. You know, it's reliable, uh, et cetera. But you know, those, those women, they have a good time. I want, I want a piece of that, you know. I'm, again, I just have to get over my squeamishness about about, you know that part of the body um are, I are a, you saying quality over quantity <laughs> uh i have a story it's not that it's actually kind of uh but i i think i think stories like this is are good just because i think you could put this in like a coming of age movie or something but uh, the first time i had sex was with a chinese american girl and um i was feared that like my because all the all the like stories about having sex is you know the guy that comes too early right 
and I, I'm like constantly thinking about it. And I, I just think I'm just going to be this, uh, you know, hard as like, like, you know, Statue of Liberty kind of thing. I'm just going to go in there. And after like one second, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come and, and she's going to be so disappointed. But the actual thing is the, the opposite happens. You get so nervous. Um, the, the condom thing feels weird. And, um, uh-huh. and, and the thing was like, I, I, th- I think I, I could barely penetrated her. I, I still count that as my first time because it, it's the thought that counts in my mind. Um, yeah, it's but, a, you had some anxiety. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah. And actually, I think I, I still something like I, I think the first time ever I have sex with someone, um, I am just happy if I like finish without like screwing up somehow. And, and I find that, uh, it takes like a few times to get truly comfortable. But like that time, and then the second time I tried having sex, same thing happened, and, and I started like thinking, "Oh, is there something wrong with me?" Whatever. But you just have to, you just have to accept it, and yeah, you know, the first time, especially with a new person, you'll probably get a bit nervous. So that's an all all Asian American story right there. Probably very relatable to a lot of guys <laughs> listening to this. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah, first times must be really hard for guys, right? Because like you don't know what to do, and like I would imagine it just. It's really hard for you to like know how how to like get it in, right? <laughs> like, like because yeah. it's, it's it's like something that would hurt a person, <laughs> but it's not. And and you don't really know where exactly it goes. I mean, you probably see, you know, you probably watch like you know hours and hours of, of porn by that point. But still, it, it's it's not as easy when you, you know you're not like have some camera close up. You know, your eyes are like. Uh, you know, in her eyes or whatever. So you can't really see where it's going. You're just hoping it goes in. You're, you're hoping she knows, she thinks you know what you're doing, which just makes you more nervous. Uh, yeah. So yeah. First few times. Do you knock on the wrong door by accident? <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think it that's. It would be hard. Happened. But there have been times. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> that's, that, uh, I, that's happened to me. That's why I asked. Oh, uh, yeah. But there have been some, uh, women I've been with that are like very, like tight. No, it just like naturally. Um, and that can be a little weird, uh, where you have to like that. Yeah, that that's a different set of uh, different different set of challenges. Yeah. Wait, what do you, what do you mean by weird? Because you know, like you feel like you're like gonna hurt her because you're like trying to ram it, but um, you know it, it it doesn't go in as easily uh, as with other people. So it, it's you know just ah, okay. you gotta just take more care and, and purpose, have some lube, something like that. Yeah, like, so in college, with my uh, boyfriend in college, that's the person that I had sex with, like, um, you know, it was like a fraught decision. We were, like, dating for a few months, and then we're like, all right, okay, let's have sex now. And then, um, like, we tried for, like, a but for, like, a month, he just, like, (laughs) could not figure out how to put it in and i was just like waiting around and i was just like what is this so then wait so mm-hmm. so he would try but then he'd fail and then he'd like lose yeah it, and yeah and then stop. he feels so uh, bad yeah. i can yeah <laughs> i can relate yeah, and can so relate. finally i had to just be like all right let's just do this so i like i got on top and i just like sat on him and i'm like all right we're doing it Ooh, that probably scared him yeah but, yeah but it worked Wait, he loses it as in he loses hardness? <laughs> no, it was it was fine, and then it was fine after that. But it was just like sometimes you just gotta take charge. Actually, one one uh, woman that I was hooking up with, um, she uh, she had this thing where she would instantly orgasm upon penetration. Um, Is that real? Which, which kind of sounds awesome. It's real. 
I, and she like warned me before before we we uh, slept together. And she's like, oh, you know, just to let you know, like I'm very sensitive, and you know, I, I pretty much come within seconds upon penetration. And it sounds awesome, but also it's like you can't like finish because she gets too sensitive. So right. um, it's it's yeah, it's like it's it's kind yeah, of actually I I've I was I've been in the exact same uh, boat, and yeah, no, it, it's 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 tough. Yeah, because at first it feels like a porno, right? You're like, yeah, like the unrealistic porno where the guy just penetrates and the woman's just like shrieking and writhing. And like 99% of the time that's fake, but there's like the, maybe that 1% when it's actually real. Yeah. But you felt pretty proud of yourself for like the first five seconds, right? Oh, yeah. I felt like the man, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I can I can thoroughly debunk the notion that um, Asians are boring at sex. Uh, I, I feel like that's... I feel like it's only a stereotype for guys and maybe uh, certain types of Asian women. But isn't the stereotype of Asian women that they're just like kinky? And that's why the, the fetish is so rampant. I don't know if necessarily kinky. I, I think, at least in my experience, it's always been about kind of availability and willingness. Not necessarily not necessarily the woman herself saying, this is what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, do you have some examples that like disprove it? Um, or are those only yeah, for you? I, <laughs> only for John? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm hesitating, uh, just because of the graphic nature of things. Um, oh, that's only more enticing. I guess so. I mean, I, I really had just intended to leave it there. I'm not sure I'm totally comfortable sharing all of that. Yeah. Especially, you, they might even be listening, right? There's, yeah, there's a, yeah, I suppose it's, technically possible do your parents listen to these pods i feel like that might make it a little no. oh man awkward. i hadn't even considered that <laughs> i know my parents don't I, I don't i think they barely even know this exists so but i feel like ray or diana's parents might be the type of parents who listen in no no they definitely okay. don't all right then everyone but I, I was gonna ask can you like speaking of like erotic yellow love i mean can you talk to your parents about sex me hell no uh, that's a good question i talk to my mom sometimes but not my dad in what terms do you guys talk? Wait, Ray, I want to amend that answer. Okay, something happened. Um, so I was in Korea uh, in January visiting my parents. Uh, and then um, I carry condoms in my backpack. Uh, because, you know, when I am when I go over to my... Or in, just in my bag in general. Because, you know, when I go over to my girlfriends, you know, I, I want to have, you know... I mean, she, she has condoms too, but, you know, in case. Uh, so I... But it was in my old backpack that... Um, uh, was going to get thrown out because uh, I got a new backpack in Korea. So my mom, uh, at like one of the last days before I leave, she's she's like, oh, uh, is everything out in your bag so I can throw it away? And I, I remember there was a pouch with condoms in it. And I was like, oh, I, I can't take it out now in front of her. So I was like, okay, uh, everything's fine. Just throw it away. <laughs> she goes out and it comes back in a few seconds later. And then she like, put, like says, you left these in there. And she like, drops the condoms beside me and she just started wow, laughing that's awesome it just started laughing you know <laughs> like, great. oh wow she might maybe my mom's cooler than i thought uh but still no i never talked I mean, to come on. you're like 30 right 31 yeah oh, this i mean it should be in your 30s it just happened to me a few months ago uh yeah because there was never i guess because like, you know, when i was living at home it's not like i i, I uh, you know had like girlfriends to bring over uh for most of high school and then when I'm in college, you know, I went away and, you know, they were living in Korea. So, you know, it's like, yeah, there was never occasion for me to like bring anyone over or get caught or anything like that. So 
happened when I was in my 30s. That's a hilarious amendment because you guys didn't even talk about sex. It was just like the mere recognition that it, it exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I guess, I guess, um, I guess she know, I, she now knows I'm not a virgin. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure she figured that out a while ago. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of years ago, I started talking to my parents about sex and I have been very like pleasantly surprised that um, it's been like very normalized and like they're not very good at it. You know, like I, I just feel like I feel like we as a generation and certainly there are cultural issues like we're just much more fluent. And so they'll say stuff like it, like capital I in a text or something, <laughs> you know, and you're just like, what? <laughs> like Raymond, have you done it? <laughs> yeah, my mom will use like the hand act. gestures, and she'll be like, "Do do the thing," you know, the thing. <laughs> Wait, does does she gesture like like P and the V kind of thing? Mm, yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh man! But yeah, she's like totally cool, and she has been for a while. I mean, she like knows like my likes and dislikes and stuff like one time she found me a like a super hot indian doctor on the bus like she was on a bus from philadelphia (laughs) and she like talked him up you know and like sent him to meet me (laughs) it was like are are you are you my woman now (laughs) like what is this it was great those those matchmaker instincts yeah yeah Uh, don't die so easily yeah it's awesome i have one last question um like speaking of y'all love i I think we all need good models in our life um and i you know i'm increasingly just like disenchanted with the sort of like representation dialogue and like hollywood in general i mean there's a reason why ali wong is like this great exception um do you guys have like people in your lives uh, Asian American couples that are visible and could act as good models for "quote unquote" yellow love in your life. Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, I, I think excluding you guys, everyone I met through Plan A. Um, in terms of like my parents, uh, like generation, uh, I'm really trying to think. Well, I do remember um, I had these relatives uh, that. The, the, my my dad's younger brother who unfortunately passed away quite young but i mean there's like always like relative drama you know like they, you know your parents and their parents don't get along they would visit from korea uh you know every few years i remember they, they weren't like very pleasant people but uh their couple was actually their coupledom was actually quite oddly enough like even though they were generally unpleasant to everybody uh, they were quite like lovey-dovey between the two of them that's one example I can think of from kind of like mm-hmm. my parents' like generation, age group. Um, anybody else, please jump in. I'm still trying to think. There's no one that I can think of. And I think that's why I always assumed that I would, um, you know, be in an interracial relationship. Uh, I Growing up, I saw more um, uh, black men, Asian women couples on screen. So I was like, that's awesome. And like... Um, like on TV, you know, because like in the <laughs> 90s, they had this thing where they would be like, oh, you know, like the the token minority needs a partner. So we'll just partner them up with the other token minority. And because it was usually like an Asian woman token and a black male token, like mm-hmm. they those two would always hook up. So that seemed natural. And I 
I, I did like, right, right. you know, dating um, black men because, like, you can talk to them about race, like, um, way more than most Asian guys. I, I can't say that I have any... I can't think of any uh, models, necessarily. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I, I, I mean, I know of Asian couples uh, that I think are great, but I don't know if I can say that I know any, like intimately enough where i feel like they are a role model and i and i can't say that my parents are included in that either uh, unfortunately but uh and, and so maybe that is partly why i think that it is radical to see uh an asian american couple on screen right like like there's plenty of examples of like asian couples right you can watch k-dramas you can watch you know whatever you can just go to go to asia um, but Asian American couples specifically, I don't really see a lot of. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't mean on screen. I mean, I, I just mean in real life. Like, certainly, you know, uh, Asian American Asian American couples yeah. in real life, right? Yeah, but none that I would look up to necessarily. I mean, what, what is deficient? Like, why wouldn't you look up to them as a model of yellow love? Because I, I think this gets actually at the core of sort of what we're talking about. Like, which is like basically like two quote unquote rare Asians, like two Asians who are at the tail of the distribution that like don't date out. Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, uh, I think probably my requirements would be that they're older than me. You know, um, I don't, you know, not that there isn't value in a couple that's the same age as me, but if I'm looking for a role model, I'm probably looking for somebody that, uh, a couple that have, have, has gone through what I might be approaching. Um, I, I can think of one couple that I, I like, um, you know, I can't say that I'm too familiar with them, but they are a professional. Uh, I know them professionally and they operate a business together. Uh, very successful. Uh, they actually maintain a crew of like pretty much their entire crew is Asian as well, which is kind of interesting. And they are like a third and second generation, I think. I think one is, I think there might be both Chinese American. Um, and by all rights, both are, are attractive and desirable people. Um, and, uh, as far as I've seen, they get along really well, work together really well, and they, um, they give each other the space they need. Yeah. To be a role model, I, I do think they have to be older, especially during your formative years or just like really much higher than you in social status, which I think why a lot of Asian Americans get so concerned with media representation. Because I think it might be a bit hard to look up to people who are your peers or, you know, even younger than you. Just because there is some, um, it, it, I don't know, just the way the social dynamic works, it, it might not be as easy to do so. Uh, and I think, like, I think for our parents, I mean, you heard from Diana, uh, Jong and me. I don't know, maybe, Ray, maybe you, you, you knew a lot of like older, uh, like role model Asian American couples, but, you know, hearing from the rest of us, there really isn't. And it's kind of like too late, I think, for us now because that generation is a bit too old so now we're just looking to the screen because that seems to be the only way for us to find those role models yeah yeah i think i, I think it is a generational thing and it, it does make me like question too if this will be that big of an issue certainly it's going to be an issue forever probably but um if sort of like people who are gen z or younger um if you know, because there's gonna be dope ass Asian couples like in their lives, you know. Uh, I and... don't know if that's guaranteed. I think people. Uh, I don't want to self-aggrandize too much, but people like us and other people, I think we do have to push this like yellow love thing to be real, or else 
I think they're just gonna fall into the same trap we did. And it's it's like we like I, I think second gen Asian Americans are, are all sorts of fucked up in many ways. So it's just gonna be the blind leading the blind. So we gotta we gotta you know start start curing the the blindness. Sure, sure. So I think we should wrap this up. It's been a great uh, topic. We should definitely revisit it. But I think it's time for final thoughts. So who wants to start? John, why don't we start with you? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> final thoughts. Shit. Um, huh. I, I would say don't let other people fuck with your concept of who you're attracted to or what you're into. Uh, I've said it on the pod before, but let your freak flag fly. You know, don't like. Yeah, that's your life motto. Fuck all that noise about. Yeah, d- yeah. Fuck all that noise about like. Oh, you know. Of course, you're dating Asian. Nah, if you're if you're into them, go for it. Um, be unapologetic. I would say that's probably a, a recurring theme, and um, and just like you know, just be cool with just be cool with yourself and uh, the people that you love. Like it's all good. Well said, Diana. I really like the, you know, be yourself and just kind of like love yourself aspect of it because that's where it starts. Um, like I get the feeling a lot of people think of themselves as an individual and Asian or like an individual and like not super Asian, but it's like the Asianness is always like separate from that. But like you are who you are, like you can be an individual and be a, you're an Asian individual and like those two aren't diametrically opposed and i think once we need we need to just like th- uh, think of ourselves that way you know yeah again well said and ray yeah very much agreed i mean i just just want to encourage everyone to you know be the vanguard and and you know as we're talking about this we we rely on these like abstractions of yellow love and resistance and you know, like non-assimilation and all these things. But, you know, it, it, the framework and theory for Yellow Love hasn't been fleshed out. And and I just want to encourage everyone to live it. Be the vanguard. And actually, if I can hop on that that point, um, just kind of I want to emphasize that, you know, whether or not realize that your choice of partner is a political statement, at least certainly in today's world. Um, and so be aware of it and, um, you know, do with, do with that what you will, but just be aware that your choice your choice matters. It's not it's not uh, you're not subject to your environment on its own. Yeah, you're like, a hu- you totally. you're a human being, not a robot, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well said. Um, I mean, we're running a long time, so I'll just say three words. Uh, militancy is sexy, so keep yeah. that in mind, please. All right, all right. So great talking about this with you all. Um, hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I did. So um, I bid everyone a good night. Good night. Bye. All right. Tune in next week for another episode of Escape from Plan A. Bye, everyone. <laughs>